The WLEW Sports Network presents The Game of the Week with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, Rochelle Thompson, and Dan Banke. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network, powered by AgriValley Services. It's the halfway point of the MHSCA playoffs, and another piece of postseason hardware is on the line. Tonight, the Ugly Bearcats square off with Saginaw in some Saturday night primetime action. Good evening and hello from the regional championship game here in Ugly, Michigan. You're listening to the W out of the W Sports Network, and I'm your host, Clark Ramsey, for tonight's broadcast. Alongside of me, as always, is a true professional, even has a license to prove it. Please welcome Dave Hanson. Happy to be here. Uh, always nice and cozy here uh, at Ubley's uh, Field, and uh, speaking of the field, it looks fantastic. As the playoff run goes deeper, so too are the snowbanks surrounding the field. Once again, as Mother Nature bottoms out the thermostat, the gridiron is nearly at a boil. We're in for a good one here tonight as two distinctive styles of football are ready to phase off for 48 minutes of play. No question about that. Two polar opposites. Novell brings finesse and speed where Ubley wants to line them up, knock you back three yards at a time. The Ubley Bearcats enter tonight riding high after one of their biggest wins in recent program history. A dominated game plan from start to finish against rival Harbor Beach gave Ubley their first district championship since 2016 with a score of 34-20. But more importantly, the Bearcats are now at home for a regional championship game for the first time since 2010. Oh, an absolute outstanding performance. Game plan might have been great. The execution was even better. And they are even happier that Novell won beating Breckenridge, which allowed Ubley to have a home game. Ubley's opponent tonight is no stranger to the thumb, nor the postseason. The second Novell Panthers enter tonight with a 7-4 record in three state championship trophies in their Catholic hallways of Saginaw. With an air attack cooking as of late, Novell Catholic Central is playing their best football when it matters the most, the postseason. I agree with you. Don't let those four losses fool you. This team is playing much better than that record shows, and can, but can they match the Ugly Bearcat intensity? Coming up in the next 60 minutes, we will review the other week's playoff games, host our media roundtable, and take a deep dive into the game of the week, Novell at Ubley, the regional championship of the MHSAA Division Playoffs. You're listening to the WNLW Sports Network being powered by Anchor Valley Services. presentation of the WLW Sports Network is being brought to you by Thumb Sailor, the talk the thumb. Diaz serves as a Cassidy for all of your grain handling needs. Here in Daily Tribune, Rainey's Hunting Center, more motors of Caro and more shoreline of Seabwing, the Huron Auto Parts, Bayport State Bank, Ubley Motor Service, North Star Bank, guiding the way, Michigan High School Athletic Association, Insure. Better health, better life, are you sure? Internet services are provided by Anger Valley Services and the blazing speed of their TrueNet 4G wireless network. Go to AngerValleyServices.com for broadband internet that you can count on. This game broadcast is a copyright presentation of Thumb Broadcasting Incorporated. All rights are reserved. Any reproduction without the express written consent of the WLW Sports Network is strictly prohibited. Today's date is November 16th, the day after one of the biggest holidays in the state of Michigan, opening day of firearm deer season. The way that lines up with tonight's game makes it quite easy to transition from the deer blind donning blaze orange to being in the bleachers wearing the same blaze orange. That fashion choice is probably not a bad one either as it's a cold one out there tonight. 
We saw a high temperature solidly below freezing this afternoon, but for whatever reason, that cold, crisp air does not seem to be as big of a bother as it was this week's commute. And that's because it's time for football. Speaking of not time for golf, it's my broadcast partner, Dave Hanson. Yeah, it's a little uh, little cold for me, Clark, and uh, I'm guilty as charged of the national holiday yesterday in the state of Michigan, and I think I'm wearing very similar amount of clothing as I was yesterday. Yeah, I don't think you wore khakis, though, in the... Uh the deer blind. I probably could have with how many layers I had on. Nobody would have noticed. <laughs> Tonight marks our 10th broadcast of the year, and it seems just like yesterday that we were wearing polos and sweating in broadcast booths, much like this one across the Thumb region. Now we're equipped with multiple layers, hand warmers, heaters, vests, and everything in between. There definitely is a heater here that I did not bring. I'm just going to reap the benefits of, and uh, the hand warmers are ready to roll in my pocket, too. I must say, Rick Laza does a great job here uh, providing quite the hospitality if, he's, if he doesn't... Uh, if, the, if PA announcing for Division 8 football doesn't work out for him, I think he's got a job in hospitality. I think he does. All right. He's a, he's a pretty nice guy, too. Don't forget that. <laughs> I agree. Week in and week out, our football broadcast team runs five deep, with a, each covering a critical role for a successful call of the game. However, due to the size constraints of the Ubley Tower, we have a little bit of different setup tonight. For this week, we have swapped out our football gear for a more nimble basketball broadcast equipment, allowing us to squeeze into the Ubley booth just a little bit easier. I'm not going to lie, Dave, it feels a little strange to have you instead of John Moody to my right with this arrangement. I can see that. I, now I get to see what the basketball uh, <laughs> setup looks like, so I get to benefit from that. With this different setup, our crew of five is down to just three tonight. To my left, for seven years, has been Doug Cole, our director of sports information, but tonight we will have the next best thing. Dan Banky is typically our spotter, but he'll also be handling our offensive stance in between identifying, identifying ball carriers and tacklers for us. We'll have to check the national rankings, but this might just bump up Dan Bengi from the third best spotter in the Midwest to perhaps even the second best. It might even put him on the uh, top five statistician I, I, list, too. I think it's, the, it's definitely the watch list, for sure. Uh, I would think so. I, He's, he might be a mid-round pick now. Uh, is that is that the... Uh, I'm not sure what name is on that award. It's it's not the Buckus Award. It's not... Uh, I know it's not the Joe Buck Award. I know that for sure. Oof. <laughs> but, I, uh, no, we'll no we'll look into there. that. We'll... we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> We'll get back with you on that one. And our fifth member of our broadcast team would be our director of game data analytics, Rochelle Thompson. But unfortunately, we will have to forego her stats tonight that she brings to the table for us. If and when the season continues next week, she'll be happy to return to the starting lineup. Yeah, I'm sure she's uh, enjoying a warm blanket and a hot <laughs> cup of chocolate and uh, laughing at us right now, freezing her butts off. That's actually very likely. I, I, I will. I, she might not even be listening to us. I don't even know. That's yeah, also very likely. Now for a programming <laughs> note, in the event of an ugly victory tonight, the strong side will take place Sunday at 7 p.m. with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, and Paul P. Adams. If things do not go Ubley's way, unfortunately, that will be, be the end of the strong side, no strong side this Sunday, dependent on the outcome of this game. Absolutely, uh, but uh, we're all hoping the Bearcats take care of business here tonight so we can go on next week and uh, find out uh, where we play and who we play and move on from there. Tonight we find ourselves for the third week in a row with some primetime Saturday night football. Novell Catholic Central at Ubley. We have much more to come, so keep it locked on. The W at Ubley Sports Network being powered by Anger Valley Services. Listen to the W at LW Sports Network in more ways than ever before. Tune to Sports Radio 1021. Download the Cruise 102 app on your Apple or Android device. Listen live and worldwide at WLWSports.com or listen to our replays on podcast format. Just download it and subscribe on iTunes or anywhere else you get your podcast. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, and Dan Bank, you with your call tonight from the perhaps the coziest booth of the entire Thumb region here tonight, Ubley, Michigan. 
It's now our segment we like to call the Media Roundtable on WLW Sports, where we gather up as many football aficionados as possible and pit them against each other for breaking rights. Join me today from the Huron County View, the Mason Rudolph of the Roundtable, Paul P. Adams, our in-game analyst for WLW Sports, Dave Hansen. From our dar- from afar, our director of sports information at the WLW Sports Network, Doug Cole. So would that make him the Miles Garrett? Doug Cole or Miles Garrett of Paul Adams, or how does that work? I, I, you know, quite frankly, I'm not quite sure. It's uh, either way, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. You, you're, no. you're either uh, you're either out for a few games because of a concussion, or you're out for the rest of the season <laughs> for other reasons. But through the end of the season, we keep score of our games predictions, and when that time comes, we will deem a media roundtable winner. Twelve weeks into the season, and now everyone is finally on the board. Hold on, never mind. That's I retract that statement. The current standings. Are Doug Cole five, Dave Hansen two, Clark Ramsey one, and I forgot this is on the back side of the sheet here. Paul P. Adams zero. I got a one. I I, I got a one. I'm a, um oh eight and one. So I do oh, have. Okay, all I, right. I, something has changed since last week. I'll take it. <laughs> and that uh you, that tie of a one is uh, my victory. In fact. I'll take it. it. It's better than it was last week. All right. So how it works? Each meter representative picks a winner and a final score for tonight's feature game on the W L W Sports Network. The winner is deemed by selecting the winning team and by having the most accurate point differential. If no one selects the winning team correctly, then I, Clark Ramsey, will graciously accept the victory for the week. Since I won last week, the order remains the same as the previous broadcast. So tonight, leading Batoff, three <laughs> weeks in a row I've done that. Batting leadoff. I, I really need to practice that one. <laughs> Batting you, you've leadoff. been doing it all, all season. I know, I know, but... Uh, I've never played baseball. Paul Adams will be kicking things off here first, and then Dave Hansen followed by Doug Cole. Paul P. Adams, take it away. All right. Uh, That's three. I can't believe I did that. <laughs> Go ahead. I really like what uh, what Ubley did last week. I, I mean, you're talking about the, the perfect game, the perfect game plan and the execution of it uh, from top to bottom, from controlling the ball to being able to, to get that three or four yards when they needed to. Most importantly, what Ubley did last week was did not turn the ball over, did not commit stupid penalties, and again, going to have to almost duplicate duplicate this that effort that they had last week against a very high-powered Saginaw Nouvelle team. I think it's, it's uh, very much going to happen again. Uh, there is no way on earth that Ubley is going to send Bill Sweeney off with a loss in his final home game on this field. I'm going to go with Ubley, 32, Saginaw Nouvelle, 14. 32 to 14, an 18-point victory for the Ubley Bearcats, according to Paul P. Adams. Dave Hansen, you're up. Powerful, I like that. Uh, can't send Bill Bill Sweeney home with a loss on his on the home field. How do you know he's not coming back next year? I was going to say uh, he he confirmed that to me last week. It is in print. He, yeah, this, he did reaffirm that he's, he's, he yeah. is he's come done. out of retirement. This, he's this, come out of retirement a few times. Yeah, we could also see a Rolling Stones farewell tour. Well, and here I, we are, nineteen years I, I, later. I believe Bill when he says this is it for him, and that's why he celebrated so much last week. Uh, that that show of emotion because he does know that this is this is it, and so this is the final home game for Bill Sweeney on this field, and they are not losing it. Win win or lose, he deserved to celebrate last week. That was a, a oh, absolutely phenomenal a doubt, yeah. performance, game plan, execution. Uh, we mentioned how the defense did their job, the offense did their job. They just they absolutely handled the Pirates from beginning to end uh, in almost an embarrassing fashion. They need to do almost a similar thing today in the whole way out. That's the way this team is built to win. They're not exciting. They're not flashy. The big plays don't come very often, but three yards and four yards are big plays, and they need to continue to do that. The blocking is needs to be just chip them enough to allow those big running backs to fall forward and get the three yards. Defensively is where my concerns come. They played very well, but this offense 
is high powered. They have some big playmakers. They look to push the ball down the field in a hurry. They don't care about time possession. Ubley does. They need to continue to win that and finish drives off. I agree with you, Paul. I think the Bearcats find a way to win on uh, this home turf and move on to the semifinal. I got them winning 30 to 16. 30 to 16, a 14 point victory for Dave Hansen, according to him. Ubley 30. Novell 16, and Doug Cole texted me from afar from Livonia, Michigan, and very uh, simply he says, Novell wins in a heartbreaking loss for oh. the Bearcats, 22-20. to 20. Doug Cole taking Novell by two points. All right, let's take a look at other area games that went on across the region. Only one other game going on tonight, I do believe, in uh, Division uh, Division 8. That'd be Fowler and Royal Oak Shrine on the other side of this uh, playoff here. But regardless, let's start out in eight-player football Division One. These are the larger schools. This afternoon, Kingston falls to Sutton's Bay. Sutton's Bay now 12-0, going to the Superior Dome for the eight-player state championship. Hey, for a while there, uh, this game was uh, very close, back and forth. Uh, Kingston, I believe, was hanging in there by about four points, and then Sutton's Bay really put it down. Uh, but a, a fine season for the way it started for Kingston with a shutout loss in its first game. Really caught a lot of momentum. Only other loss along the way was to Deckerville and, and a game that Kingston kind of shot themselves in the foot. So uh, got themselves to a state semifinal, just couldn't get that final step and get to the Superior Dome. That was an awesome performance. It was a great season. I don't think a lot of people expected it. They lost a lot of important players from last season. Uh, so it was a really great season, and they, they hung in with Sutton's Bay as long as they could. But Sutton's Bay's in, got their hands full next week now. And the other, and they'll be playing Colin. Colin took out Morris. Uh, Colin now also 12-0, so we have an undefeated uh, state championship on the rinks in Marquette this coming Saturday. Morris finishes the season at 10-2. Yeah, good season for Morris. Uh, failed to uh, to get back to uh, Marquette to defend their state championship, so we will have a, a new state champion in, uh, in Division One. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know a ton about Colin, but I know just looking at some of the scores and some of the competition they played, this is a, a real deal team. I think Colin's going to win uh, fairly handedly next week in uh, Marquette. That's all we have to go off of, Paul, and uh, I would agree with you. Based on the teams that they've beaten, how they beat them, I, I truly thought Morris had a really good shot, and when Colin stopped him in their tracks, that removes them from the list and puts Colin right at the top. In Division Two, Pickford took out Hillman last night, 40-8. to and Portland St. Patrick takes out Climax Scots. And now we have a, fi a, a, a final arranged in Division Two. It would be Portland St. Patrick against Pickford in Marquette. I'm a little surprised. Uh, I don't have the exact final on that uh, Portland St. Patrick game, but it was a rout over Climax Scots. And, and Climax Scots, I thought, making this move to eight-player football this year uh, was primed to get to a state championship game. And, uh, you know, Portland St. Patrick really, uh, really proved a point. Uh, today, but uh, Pickford is by far, regardless of division, the best team in eight-player football, routed Hillman, and I, I think Pickford is uh, on its way to a state championship. I think Portland St. Patrick can hang with them. They've kind of proved that they belong, and they've scored a lot of points and played well on both sides of the ball, but we've been talking all year. Uh, I know we've you and I have talked off the air, Paul, that Pickford has been the best team in maybe all of eight-player football. They are that good, so uh, I'm with you there. I'll stick with Pickford. We've been talking about them for quite a while. Into the Division 7 playoffs locally, Cass City takes out Detroit Loyola 6-0. It was tied at the first quarter. It was tied at halftime. It was tied at the third quarter with a score of 0-0. Cass City finds the end zone about halfway through the fourth quarter for the score, the only score of the game. Cass City with their first regional championship, 6-0 over Loyola. 
Paul P. Adams, you were there in person. I was there, and I'm glad I was there. A lot of people were like, well, you don't cover Cassidy anymore. I don't care. I want to see a good football game. I have a lot of still have a lot of ties, a lot of friends in Cassidy, and uh, it, I am so glad I, I went there. Um, this defense for Cassidy we've talked about all year. This is, to me, I, I now am ranking this defense the second-best defense I've ever covered in, in my 20 years of doing this, only 2004 USA in my opinion, has a better defense than what the Red Hawks do. And that defense gave Cass City opportunity after opportunity to stay in the game. And finally, offensively, uh, Cass City put together a really lengthy drive, uh, a drive where they converted a fourth down, maybe two. I wasn't keeping notes, but I know it was at least one fourth down. And then it was a beautiful Santa Cathrell to Hayden Horn, 21-yard touchdown pass. And then uh, as time running down, uh, Loyola with one last gasp, Satan, Santa Cathrell comes up with a pick in the, at the three-yard line and uh, the best formation in football, a couple of a couple of knees in the victory formation, and Cassidy wins its first ever regional championship. Uh, I just happened to be next to Amy Cathrell on the field as Cassidy was getting its, its trophy, and she was obviously very emotional. Um, Scott Cathrell has went through a lot there, uh, and, and for him and that community and that team to get this on their home field, it, it was uh, it was amazing. What an amazing day! And uh, I give Cass City a pretty good chance to to hang with Jackson Lumen Christie. That defense is going to allow them to be in any game that they're in. Yeah, it was a, a sloppy conditions, but they hung in well, uh, ran the football like they needed to. They made a couple huge interceptions. They made at least two of them in the red zone that stalled. Hayden Horn had one in the, had in the, the other end one. zone. They completely. Uh, Maybe a bend, not break defense to stay in it, hang in, hang in there, and take the opportunity when they're given to you. And they pick those passes off to conserve the game, to preserve the shutout. Because uh, Detroit Loyola, folks, is no joke. Uh, they might have five losses now, but uh, they play some stiff competition. That team was big, physical, and Cassidy went toe-to-toe with them and beat them 6 nothing at home. And congratulations to the Red Hawks. That was an absolutely phenomenal performance in the season. This story, Cinderella story, this season that they needed to break free and lift those that glass ceiling up a little higher. No district titles in their school history. Now they have one and a regional in the same year. Great for them and an awesome win. And, and the it's small, 11. Oh, sorry, Clark, the smallest school in Division 7. And that's 11 straight victories for the Red Hawks, now facing Jackson Lumen Christie, who is 11-0 on the season. They took out Schoolcraft 35-30. In Division 8, the winner of this one tonight, Sang Novell in Ubley, will be facing off with Beale City. Beale City went to Mount Pleasant just in their backyard and played Ishpeming. And Beale City was victorious 27-14. to Beale City against Novell or Ubley next week. Here's what we know about Beale City. If you're, if you're used to seeing thumb football, that's what Beale City plays. They're, they're a rough-and-tumble physical team. Uh, last time we saw them was 2012 in the state championship game against Harbor Beach. And they ran the wing tee. I'm not sure if they're running that still, but uh, you know they remind you of, of what we see in a week out week you know week in week out basis. I expect nothing less than a, a very physical football game. Uh, anxious to see if Ubley wins, where this game w- will be played. Well, that's the plan is uh, for Ubley to win this game and play Beale City next week, and it's a familiar foe. Uh, Harbor Beach played them not that many years ago. We're all glad though that uh, our UP team, Ishfeming, went down. So we know it's not going that way, and that's uh, that's probably <laughs> for the best. So uh, a familiar opponent, there'll be some tapes on that. So uh, a, f- a matchup that I think the Bearcats would line up nicely against. And we are about 35 minutes away from kicking things off here in Ubley, Michigan, as the Nouvelle Catholic Central Panthers are in town taking on the hometown Ubley Bearcats. You're listening to your home for high school football, the W. LW Sports Network being powered by Anger Valley Services. 
listening to the WLW Sports Network's presentation of regional championship football here in Ubley, Michigan. As the Saginaw Novell Panthers are in town in Saturday night primetime action. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, and Dan Benke with your call tonight from the M19 Valley. If someone were to ask you if to name a few of the blue chip programs in the state of Michigan, you would probably hear Traverse City St. Francis, Cass Tech, Country Day, Muskegon Catholic Central, and last but not least, Novell Catholic Central. For 35 years and since the inception of the football program, there has been just one name associated with the head coach at Novell. And for the first time since 1984, this season has a coach that is not named Boyd. That's absolutely right, Clark. It starts with Smokey Boyd. Smokey Boyd, he was in uh, 1984 was his first season. He coached all the way up till 1999. And then his son, Mike Boyd, took over in 2000 and coached through the 2018 season. Both of them are Hall of Famers. They have a combined record of 582 wins to just 163 losses and four ties. That dates back to 1954. Uh, They have state champs. They were state champs in 2006, 2007, and 2011 with three other state final appearances. These guys have done it all, and it's uh, uh, Drew Wagle now that takes over and has the privilege of filling those shoes, Clark. Drew Wagle gets the pleasure of filling the largest of shoes as head coach. He is a Novell product of 2004, playing middle linebacker and fullback for Mike Boyd, and went on to play at Hope College. He's been on the coaching staff for the last nine years. He was also part of the 2003 state finals team in Division Two. that was uh, part of that losing effort to uh, Ravina 16-14. Having to follow two Hall of Fame coaches, one of which is the fourth most winning coach in state history, can be a little less stressful when you have a quarterback than can manage the entire offense. And that's what Novell has in its junior play caller, Jack Huiava. That's Jack Huiava. I've been practicing all week. Not to mention, the last name is ingrained into the Novell culture nearly as much as Boyd is. A family lineage. Uh, back to the Chester Kiawa. Been practicing myself, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. terrible. Because it yeah. it's not spelled that way at no, all, No, not folks. even close. It's, it's not even we'll close. We'll get into that later. 5'9", uh, 5'9", five, uh, five, 150-pound junior. He plays quarterback. He also plays deep safety uh, for this team. Uh, his father was on the 1987 finals team. His brother, Kenny, was on the 2017 finalist team. So they've had some cousins in the, the Nick Ross. He was on the 06, 06 seven state championship team uh, he's got two more cousins that were on the 2011 championship yeah, twins, team yeah. twin cousins that's absolutely right uh, but uh, the big number he's 153 of 243 passing that's 62.9 percent 24 76 yards 2400 yards 27 tds he's only been sacked nine times clark in 11 games he averages 225 yards per game and 14 completions. Clearly, Novell is a pass-dominant offense, the complete opposite of what Ubley brings to tonight's matchup. The Panthers have four very talented and tall wide receivers. Yeah, let's start with the big two. They lead the team in catches. They both have 40 catches, uh, Samuel Buckingham and Zayden Mitchell. Those are the two highest-targeted players on the team. Uh, Buckingham has 11 TDs. Uh, Zayden Mitchell, no slouch. He's got 510 yards and seven TDs of his own. Uh, John, P- John Pierre Lefevre is the other one. Uh, did we ever find out is related to Dan? I we don't know, know that. I we do don't know, know that. Yet. Yeah. Okay, uh, that was the big question we had for them. But anyways, uh, and their fourth receiver, who he's only got 19 catches on the year, but five of them went for TDs, is Harrison Dewan. But all these guys are big, um, six anywhere from six, uh, five ten to six five. They range. These guys can go up and get it one handed. Don't matter. So these defensive backs are going to have to have tight coverage all day. Running the ball, Novell is nothing to sneeze about either. As a team, they have accumulated 1,363 yards of rushing offense, averaging 124 yards per game. 
Leading the way is junior running back Ashton Wright. He's got 99 carries, but a fumble is one. <laughs> that couldn't have been any better for you. He's, uh, again, as you mentioned, also a junior, 5'9", 160 pounds. He's going to play defensive back as well. Uh, he averages 67 yards per game on just 10 carries. He's got 669 yards and 10 TDs on the season. Uh, so as much as they like to spread it out and throw it all over the lot, they still do not forget about the running game. That sets it all up. On defense, Novell is allowing three touchdowns per game, 21.8 on average. But in the second half of the season, they've seen those numbers go up as they played some better teams. Absolutely. Since week six, they're averaging 26 points, including 27 to a 1-6 and six Birch run squad. And uh, just for instance, uh, Novell is 2-4 and four against teams with winning records, 5-0 and oh against losing records. So then those are pretty much the difference in defensive averages as well. We are just uh, roughly about 24 minutes away from kicking off between Novell Catholic Central and the LV Bearcats. Keep locked on. Your home for high school football, the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Agar Valley Services. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network's presentation of the Regional Championship Football. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, and Dan Bank with your call tonight. And a cold and chilly, but hot as ever, ugly Michigan right now. And we've talked about Novell. Let's talk about the ugly Bearcats. The Bearcats may have lost twice in the regular season, but none of that matters now as they are one of the last area teams still standing now in the Regional Championship game. At 9-2, the Orange and Black have the, last, have the chance for a 10-win season, their first since 2016 when Dave Kaufman and company made a run to the state semifinals. This year at the helm, though, is certainly a familiar face, style, and especially last name. Absolutely, and that's head coach Bill Sweeney back at it again. 108 games he's coached in his career, nine seasons. He's 87-21. and 21. He's won over 80% of his games. He's going for his sixth 10-win season in his career tonight. Uh, has never missed the playoffs as a head coach for the Ugly Bearcats. He's only had one season with less than eight wins, and that was back in 2005 where they went 6-4. and four and still made the playoffs. We saw it on display last week when the Ugly Bearcats controlled the tempo of the game against the Harbor Beach Pirates from the opening drive to the final seconds. What that would be is discipline in a style of play that bodes itself well to victories. An integral part of that game plan is to have a leader in general on the field, a role in which senior quarterback Casey Sweeney fulfills and then goes above and beyond that too. Sure does. Uh, four years on varsity, he's 5'8". He's going to play safety, 160-pound senior. Uh, last year, he rushed for 824 yards and nine touchdowns. Very similar this season. The yardage is down. He's got or 696 yards, just eight TDs. But passing the ball, he's completed 22 out of 42 tries, 52% of the time for 300 yards and six scores. Uh, he had 11 carries against Harbor Beach for 50 yards, but a big touchdown. Uh, he runs when they need him to, to loosen up that defense, to catch him off guard. He's kind of that option that they use a handful of times a game. And uh, last week it worked early against Harbor Beach. They used it quite often, and he was able to get 50 yards very quickly. I don't know if he had any of that in the second half. So uh, what he does is make sure there's no mistakes, everybody's in the right place, and he hands the ball off, sells it, executes his fakes. Uh, he does isn't too many things this kid can't do. Like Dave said, the Elevator Cats did not attempt to pass last week against the Pirates. That's because when you can run the ball 68 times and average over four yards per carry, you're going to do it until they can stop you. 
In the backfield, probably, there are three backs that have the ability to drag defenders with them for multiple yards after the initial point of contact. Absolutely. Uh, you can almost define all three of these guys as fullbacks. They are physical. They, are go, they go north and south. They do not tend to be shifty. Carson Haleski, Shane Ozentoski, Colin Oberski. 30, 44, and 47. Get used to those numbers. Carson Haleski has uh, had a big season, 134 yards, 1,100 yards, and 13 TDs on the season, just a junior Shane Ostentoski, 44. He looks like an offensive lineman, is built like one. He runs way better than that. He's the physical fullback last week. He had 89 yards and four touchdowns against Harbor Beach. He was unstoppable. And Colin Oberski is kind of the uh, the unsung hero here. He's really kind of come out of nowhere, filled that third running back spot in the tee, just a sophomore. And uh, he's rushed for 160 yards and a touchdown this postseason. It always 11 games this season. The Bearcats have six games where they have allowed just a touchdown or less. They made offenses pay with their hard-hitting line, followed up by cleanup-style linebacking core. Absolutely. They get up on the line. They get physical. They might be undersized in those positions, but what they lack in size is speed and obviously fundamentally sound. They're in the right place. They just they have those ability to feel where the ball is going. They don't get fooled by fakes. And uh, they do a lot of good things right. And that starts with this veteran coaching staff led by Bill Sweeney and all his help along the way. You know, you, you don't mention all the guys that he would like to mention, but you know Coach Kaufman out there is helping out. Uh, Chuck Wright is on this field, on the squad. And there are a ton, a ton of guys in the back. They have all had a say in this football team for many, many years, and you see all their expertise come out on a team like this that went 7-2, and two, didn't really get much talk, and here they are in a regional championship against Saginaw Novell. We'll see how they fare tonight against the pass-heavy Novell squad as kickoff is in 17 minutes right here on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. These are the nights that high schoolers dream of, the regional championship game on your home turf. The Ugly Bearcats hosting the Novell Catholic Central Panthers. On a cold and blustery night, they worked all week long to make sure this field was ready. It was covered in over a foot of snow. They start on Wednesday to get that rolling, and here we are on a Saturday night, and the field looks absolutely beautiful. Let's do a direct comparison between Novell and Ubley. If you attempted to shoot a deer that was standing on Jerry Herp Field from the Novell Tower at Boyd Field... That would be an impressive 58-mile shot. If you were able to do that, I'm pretty sure Ted Nugent would come out of retirement and write a song about you. By vehicle, it's a 68-mile journey, regardless if you take 75 to 25 to Bay State Forestville, or if you go through Reese and M80, M81, same exact mileage. Altogether, the trip would take about 90 minutes. In regards to school size, at 198 students, Ubley is the smallest school in the Greater Thumb Conference and the 12th smallest in Division Eight playoffs. Ubley is the 6th smallest in Division Eight this year. Uh, I take that back. With uh, with 188 students, Novell is the sixth small school in Division 8 with 188. So in regards to school size, there are 10 more Bearcats than Catholics. That could be confusing a little bit, but I'll bleed my 10 students. Tonight's opponent have faced off with each other just once before since Novell was formed in 1984. That's a hint, Dave. That game was not too long ago, 10 years ago in 2010. Ubley defeated Novell in the district championship 34-21, and then they played Ravenna the following week, losing 12-24. to 
In the world of offensive, offensive production, Ubley has a decent advantage over Novell. The Bearcats are averaging 36.9 per game. The Panthers are fairly close behind at 31.6 on offense. It's Ubley by 5.3 points. On the defensive front, Ubley has the advantage once again. Through 11 games, the Bearcats have been allowing just 12.7 per game. Novell is giving up 21.8 on average. So on defense, it's Ubley by 8.9 points. Las Vegas has set their line for the night in their confident line, unless it's wrong. Our colleagues at the Ohio State University and Miles Garrett Sports Wagering Department, sector factoring in all possibilities, stats, injuries, weather, and location. The spread for tonight sits at Novell, five and a half. If you're ugly, run to your bookie right now. Today is the 320th day of the year, meaning just 35 days until New Year's. For those who are just joining us, welcome to our regional championship broadcast between Ubley and Novell Catholic Central. Thank you for listening to tonight's game. Whether you're listening at home, you're abroad, or perhaps just heading home from Saturday Night Mass. Which, Dave, that brings me to this week's trivia question. The topic, Catholics. You ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. Is your mother listening? That's my question. Oh, and she is going to be disappointed. Okay. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this, it, it comes to no surprise. This is very obscure uh, knowledge about the Catholic Church. But like I said a moment ago, Novell Catholic Central was formed in 1984 after the consolidation of three Catholic schools, uh, Catholic high schools in Saginaw. St. Mary Cathedral High School, St. Stephen High School. And my question to you, Dave, is what was the third high school to form Novell Catholic Central that was still open at the time? I do not have a clue. I don't even know where to start. Well, see, I I, I thought you might get this for a second because you used to play for the same team. St. Peter and Paul oh, High nice. School in Saginaw. Ah, uh, yes. Well, the uh, St. Peter and Paul opened in 1910. They were the midgets from 1910 to 1961 when they became the Crusaders and switched from blue and silver to red and white until the spring of 1984 when Novell was formed that fall. I'm, I'm thinking that was a much better name change to go to the Crusaders. It <laughs> sounds a lot better. Perhaps. And talk about a Catholic school, Crusaders. I think you have to be the Crusaders, Trojans, or, or nothing else in between. Correct. Novell Catholic Central consolidated three high schools, but technically it's the legacy school of nine different Catholic schools in Saginaw that all existed up until the mid-1960s. I could only track down five of the school's fight songs, but four of them were the same. Dave, my question, what was the school fight song of St. Joseph, St. Andrew, St. Peter and Paul, and Holy Rosary High Schools? You can actually find this on Snapchat. Uh, it's, it's, it's the weird dark. part of the internet. It was, it was the dark part of the internet. Uh, but th- th- this, I, is, this is an easy one, to, in my opinion. Well, Just take a guess and you should get to, it. To me, the, the only... The only thing that makes sense, and if I go down swinging this road, I feel like it was a fairly decent guess. Uh, to me, it would be the same fight song as Notre Dame. That is correct. Ring yes. the bell. Ring the bell. Not, <laughs> surprising, bell. not surprising at all. Oh, uh, come on. Don't say that. <laughs> right? <laughs> the only one that is not. This was the other question I was going to ask you, but I, I gave you a, a – I threw you a, threw you a bone there, Dave. The only one that's not is St. Mary's Cathedral uh, High School. Their fight song was The Bells of St. Mary. Oh, okay. Yeah. So no, if, if you go back fitting, to, I guess. there was a, a movie with Bing Crosby in 1946 that was called that actually sang that song as well. But speaking of St. Mary's, more locally in Parisville, the oldest Polish settlement in the United States back, dates back to 19 or 1848, and soon after a Catholic church was constructed in 1858. That church was eventually destroyed by fire, and actually was the first of three times that St. Mary's Catholic Church in Parisville would burn. Dave, my final question to you was, what year would the most recent fire burn St. Mary Catholic Church and rebuild to what is today's St. Mary Church of St. Isidore Parish? Oh, well, your hint was 1984, so I'm going to go with that. Well, a little earlier, actually a decade earlier, 1974, 
Nine fire departments would assist in the fire in flames were visible as far away as Banax. Some speculate that lightning struck the church steeple and with the entire church was lost. Speaking of football, though, Dave, what are your three keys to tonight's game? Well, we'll start with the home team. They need to control the clock. This team needs to do exactly what they did last week offensively, and that's find their find that running game and sell their fakes and get three and four yards per play, which they did to the Pirates last week. If they can do that, Saginaw Naval gives up 21.5 points per game. That's a pretty high number, in my opinion, for this level of play here at the regional championship. To me, that tells me on defense they're a little vulnerable. And if you can keep that high-powered offense off the field and have long drives and and finish those drives and end in points, I think the Bearcats have a very good shot of of blowing up that 5.5-point line that they're behind on. Uh, The second thing, we'll we'll look at Saginaw Naval. They're going to run run strictly out of the spread offense. At least that's what they appear to do at their most comfort level. You're going to see pitches. You're going to see the option. You're going to see short passes, screen passes. You're going to see all the things that a spread offense would do. And if you're going to do that, if you're them, they need to do a very similar job. They need to high percentage passes, mix in the run, and keep Ubley's defense off guard, and I think eventually challenge those defensive backs downfield. Um, so with that being said, the third your third point is for, for Ubley is to be disciplined, don't allow the big play. The big play is going to be what Saginaw Novell is looking for. If they get a couple big passes, they get a screen pass that gets a good block and, and goes for a big gain or finds their way into the end zone, the Bearcats could be in trouble. They didn't allow any momentum for the, the home team last week. They need to not allow any momentum for the Catholics of Saginaw Novell tonight. Current conditions in LD Michigan are 25 degrees with clear skies. They're calling for a 0% chance of snow this evening. Winds are out of the west-northwest at 1 mile per hour and guessing up to 3. Visibility is at 10 miles. Barometric pressure is at 30.44 inches and the dew point is at 19 degrees. It feels like it's 25 out. The humidity is at 76%. Sunset was an eternity ago. 5.05 this tonight. We're currently in a waning gibbous moon phase, so I think it's safe to say it's a beautiful night for football. On a sad note, November 16, 2019, we have just 9 hours and 38 minutes of daylight. That's a loss of 16 minutes from a week ago. And if you're doing the math and keeping score at home, that's 14 hours and 22 minutes of darkness. Your officials tonight, your referee is Brian Jones. That's a local name. Umpire Wayne Biscorner. Linesman is Kurt Lowe. Line judge Mark Broca. And your back judge, Mike Dreyer from Sandusky. Novell won the toss, elected to defer, so the Ubley Bearcats will be receiving with the kickoff starting on the right side, ready to the left. And now we're just waiting here for the national anthem, and then we'll get into our starting lineups. Dave, any initial thoughts here? Well, you mentioned it earlier. The field looks fantastic. Uh, the, the people are just pouring in right now. you got people. It's a standing room only here right now, so hopefully everybody can hear us. It sounds great, looks great. And, uh, again, looking forward to uh, the kickoff here. So excited to see a, a unique team like Saginaw Novell bring in a true spread offense to see what kind of offense they can put together against this stiff, tough, intense defense that the Bearcats bring. Now we listen in to PA announcer Rick Glaza here and Jerry Herbfield. We apologize there if you could not hear the national anthem as clear as we expected. Well, let's go through the starting lineups now for the Ugly Bearcats. At quarterback, no surprise, Casey Sweeney, fourth year on varsity. If you remember, Dave, that he gets a few carries at the end of the Puamo Westphalia State semifinal game four years ago. Your backfield at fullback, Carson Haleski, Shane Ozentoski, and Colin Obersky, your uh, halfbacks. 
your line. That would be at center, Austin Peruski. Your guards would be Ethan Peruski and Ka- Austin Burke. And your left tackle, Ethan Smalley. And your right tackle, Nolan Van Erp. And your tight ends, Kyle Sweeney and Isaac Warzinski. For the Novell Panthers, on offense, they'll be on defense first, but regardless, on offense, at quarterback, Jack Cuiava. Jack Cuiava is your quarterback tonight, 5'9", 150-pound junior. He also plays free safety. Your backfield, your running back starting tonight would be Zayden Mitchell, also swings out on the slot receiver. At your wide receiving core, Samuel Buckingham, the lead and leading receiver for the Panthers, John Paul Lefevre. You can definitely tell he's Catholic. He's also a wide receiver. Harrison Dwan, and then, of course, Zayden Mitchell swinging out there. Your line, your center, Mason Sheridan. Your right tackle, Kieran Schultz. Your uh, right guard, Clemente Went. On the left side of the line, left guard, Jonah Moore, and... That would be Darren Chinnery, a left tackle. And that is your starting lineup for the Novell Panthers. Kicking off would be number five, Luke Losa. He's 6'3", 175-pound senior. He'll be kicking off from the Novell 40-yard line on the right side of your radio. I'll be coming out in their black uniforms. Orange numbers with white outline, the flat black helmets with black face masks. And a few white socks out there, I see tonight. Novell on their road, white uniforms, blue numbers, silver outline, blue pants. And silver helmets with blue face masks. Twelve minutes are on the clock, and we are ready to kick things off here in the regional championship of Division Eight football, being hosted by Ubley, Michigan. Losa kicking up, and this one's going to be a mid-range kick. Comes in at about the 20-yard 20 mo- 20 line, brought in by Casey Sweeney across the 30, now across the 40, and finally dives out to the 45-yard line. A night, a nice return for Casey Sweeney. Re- uh, tackle made by number 58, Kyle Ursi. On special teams for Novell. That's a pretty good return. You don't see a lot of kids get the green light to do what Casey Sweeney just did. That ball was hit high and short. Casey had to come up almost 20 yards to make that catch on a full-blown sprint. That ball was coming down to the ground. And what you see a lot of kids do is catch it in their lap, and as they're running, that knee pops it back out. And he's able to haul it in and keep that momentum and go all the way forward and get to his own 45-yard line. So a really nice return, and that's where you'll see the Bearcats go under center in that famed wing tee. Working off the left hash, three men backfield, Sweeney hands it off to number right up the middle, 30, and he's gone. Carson Holeski at the 10 to the 5, touchdown, Ubley. On the first play of the game, Carson Holeski breaks out for 55 yards in for the score, and the Bearcats take just 15 seconds to get on the board first. It's 6-0 Bearcats. Look out, folks, three yards at a time, forget that. We're going the distance right out of the gate, and he's one of the first options. Carson Holeski, it's a fullback dive right up the middle, and there is no defensive presence whatsoever they sell out on all the fakes and there's nobody in the middle of the field and it's a sprint match that Carson Holeski wins and the Bearcats strike first up 6-0 going for two now the only Bearcats Casey Sweeney hands it off to Holeski and he's in for the two-point conversion and now just like that all momentum has shifted and swung to the Bearcats sideline it is 8-0 Bearcats leading Novell just 15 seconds into the ball game right here on the W LW Sports Network Well, it just seems like we just did this 15 seconds ago, and that's because we did. Obli scores on one play, totaling 15 seconds for 55 yards from Carson Holeski. The two-point conversion good from Holeski as well, and it's 8-0 Bearcats. Kicking off for Obli would be Casey Sweeney. Bounces at the 27, brought in. It's actually muffed, and Novell has to jump on it right at the 
26-yard line. That would be John Paul Lefevre on the re- on the recovery. And it's first and 10 for Novell, trailing 8-0 with 11.43 left in the first quarter. A little pooch kick if you're a baseball fan. That's a Texas League single there. Uh, That ball (laughs) pops up real short, way short, probably 25, 30 yards short of the the intentional or the guys that are supposed to return the football. And by the time he gets up there, he tries to play it on a a short hop, and it bounces the other direction. And he did everything he could just to jump on it, does Lefevre, and preserve the first possession of the game for Saginaw Novell. Going with the spread offense, two wide to the right, one to the left. At quarterback, that would be... Cuiava. Cuiava working off the left hash, gets the snap back, and it's going to be handoff right up the middle to Zayden Mitchell. He's through the middle and gets out for about nine yards. They're going to say down after eight out to the 34-yard line. Tackle made by Carson Haleski for the Bearcats. And it's now second down and very manageable. You're going to say a seven-yard gain when all said done. Second down and three. Powerful run there uh, by the running back, number 24, Zayden Mitchell, as he pushes that pile, pushes them Bearcats back after gaining about five and gets a couple more as he earns it right out of the spread here. Snap back to the screen pass over, and it's actually slant route over to about the midfield, and this one's in and out of the hands of the intended receiver. That was Harrison Dwan, the 6'1", 165-pound senior, incomplete, and now third down and three from the 34-yard line. And if you're Saginaw Novell, I love that play call. If you get a big, a nice big run, it's second down is short, why not try to hit them right back and steal this momentum back your direction? They set up a screen pass, but instead of taking the screen pass, he's got uh, Dewan streaking down the field. That was a pretty good throw, but dropped. But the coverage, though, I must add, was right on the number. Two wide each way, and they go downfield down to the 35-yard line, and they're going to say incomplete. Novell wants a flag, but none pulled, and Ubley comes up with a third down stop, and now it's fourth and three deep in on Novell's territory. A matchup to keep an eye on. Levi Peruski, 5'11", going one on one with Samuel Buckingham, who's six five. Now that football was was thrown was going that way the whole time. Clearly, Saginaw Novell saw that matchup and liked it. But the the problem with that ball was is it was thrown where the numbers were. That outside receiver wants it down the sideline over his shoulder. Instead, it was to the interior part of the field where Levi Peruski had great coverage and then he had first shot at that ball and it falls harmlessly. And now we have flags on the near sideline, Judge. They're going to say false start against Novell, so to make matters worse here on a fourth and three from the 34, they're going to be backed up to their 29-yard line after a five-yard penalty false start. This will be the first of the night against either team. 11.08 left in the first. It's 8 nothing Bearcats. It gives you a little breath of comfort if you're the Bearcats because from three yards, you could probably pull off some kind of fake in this game. I mean, you got to pull out all the stops to win. Now on fourth down and eight, well into your own territory. feel pretty confident they're going to punt this away to Casey Sweeney. And the punter back out of the field, that would be Samuel Buckingham. No, that's Luke Losa, and he booms it over Casey Sweeney's head at the 30-yard line, takes a obli bounce, and then falls flat at the 28-yard line and brought down by number two for Novell. 10.58 left in the first quarter, and Novell, after a three and out, gives the ball back to the Ubley Bearcats with an 8-0 lead at home. Well, it doesn't get any better if you're the Ubley Bearcats. You get you score on the first play of the game, punch in the two-point conversion, and get a three and out. And with 10.58 to go in the first quarter, you're up 8 nothing, and you have the football back again. So... Got to control your emotions now. You're obviously flying high, got a big touchdown, put yourself in the lead, but it's focus. Get back to the game plan here. Ignite this running game again and see if you can hold on to the ball and move the chains. And off right up the middle, Ginzel Haleski, he fights through his way through about two tacklers and finally forces himself down at the 35-yard line tackle made by Samuel Buckingham, outside linebacker, 6'5", 180-pound senior. 
A five-yard, maybe actually a six-yard gain according to the spot of the 35. Second down, four to go. I think Coach Sweeney does this more than any other coach that I've seen in all the years I've been doing this. But Ubley has ran three plays so far, and they've all been the exact same. It is a quick dive to Carson Haleski, and so far he's got a touchdown run, a two-point conversion, and he got six on that first play. It's a handoff to number 47. That'd be Kyle Nabrski. He breaks out. He has the first down across the 40 and falls down to the 44 after some contact from Novell. Tackle made by number 13, Harrison Dwan, cornerback for Novell. First and 10 for the Bearcats. Those are great gains. They find Now is about the time they work off of Carson Haleski's early success. This time you see them fake it to Haleski, get it to Oberski around the outside, and he fights and battles, but gets out into the secondary where the corner has to make the tackle, and he gets a first down for the Bearcats, their first of the game. First and 10 from the 44, working off the right hash. Sweeney hands it off to Haleski going through the left gap, and he fights for whatever he possibly can get out to the 46-yard line. That's a hard-fought two yards for Ubley and Haleski. Tackling the way, leading the way would be number 53, and we have no who, who that is. Great. Second down, eight to go for the Bearcats of their own 46. Well, there was a couple different uh, saginaw Novell character uh, defenders there. Ja, Josh Nash was in that area as well. 63 for, for Saginaw Nouvelle, but a good stop there, and that's a, a momentum builder for Saginaw Nouvelle. They, get a, they only allow two yards, and that's what you got to do is keep it under that three-yard mark for the offense and forcibly do something different. Keep it around the right side. Casey Sweeney, he, but he's being pulled out into the backfield in the backfield, and he's finally brought down to the 45, but a flag flies immediately as, as Casey Sweeney was hit in the backfield. This this that, may be, be a face mask against Novell. It's going to be a face mask, Clark, but it's going to be on Casey Sweeney, I think. Personal foul, face mask nope. against Novell. So that's 15 yards from the spot of the foul, automatic first down. And so they're going to mark it off from the end of the play, which is at the 45-yard line. So this marches doubly into Novell territory for the second time tonight, technically. With 9.20 left in the first, 8 nothing Ubley. Yeah, they, they grab Casey's uh, face mask early, but as that guy has his face mask, Casey puts his hand on his face mask to back to try to push him off, and sometimes they get the guy who responds, the guy who reacts to that. But uh, good job by the officials. They spotted that, uh, that penalty first and didn't get Casey reacting. And off the middle to Haleski. He's brought down there for about a yard gain. Tackle made by... Number 21, we have a little extracurricular activity going away from the play there, but Samuel Bartles brings him in. And it's a one-yard gain, second down and nine. A flag came in from the way back of the field here. They're talking it over right now. I'm not sure not sure what that was. Another face mask. Wow. Another face mask against Novell. That's two in a row. Yeah, just the five-yard variety. He didn't give us the personal foul signal first, so. And it looks like we have a timeout called by the Ugly Bearcats with 8.57 left in the first quarter. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. Come out of the timeout. Ubley throws down to the field at the seven-yard line. Is brought in by number 22, Kyle Sweeney. And they're going to say he's down at the one-yard line. A huge 33-yard catch from Kyle Sweeney. And Bill Sweeney makes the timeout count. Yeah, he uses that timeout against him. And he, the running game has been so dominant for, for Ubley. 
Albany could have done this last week anytime they wanted. They were owning that game. And why show if you don't need it in this game? Let's let it roll. And they fake the run and play action pass down the field. Casey Sweeney puts a little too much airtime onto it, which is a flaw of a coach and a team that doesn't throw it much. But they are so wide open. Kyle Sweeney and Isaac Warzinski both down the field could have made that catch. Kyle Sweeney hauls it in, tackled at the one. From the one-yard line, Shane Ozentoski finishes off the drive with a one-yard dive in for the score, and the Bearcats are on the board for the second time with 8.24 left in the second in the first quarter. I take that back, 14-0 Bearcats. Yeah, this offense is just flying right now, doing what they want to this Saginaw Novell defense. They have no answer and no match to the physicality of the Bearcats so far in this first quarter. This time it took 71 yards. And two minutes and 34 seconds off the clock, but Ubley has scored on both of their drives tonight. And we've not even played four minutes of football. Casey Sweeney under center going for two. And it's going to be rolling to his right, passing to the near sideline. And it's brought in and caught with ease by Isaac Warzynski and the Bearcats leading 16-0 over the Nouvelle Catholic Central Panthers. 8-24 left in the first quarter right here on the WLW Sports Network. Sixteen nothing, Ubley, and they're firing at all cylinders here against Novell. And Novell doesn't know it hit him quite yet. You're listening to the W at the W Sports Network. Casey Sweeney kicking off from the 40-yard line, left right across your radio, and this one's a booming kick beyond the 20-yard line, brought in at the 17. That'd be by number two, or Ashton Wright, number six, I take the next, Samuel Buckingham. Tackle made by number 22 for the Bearcats. That would be Kyle Sweeney. <laughs> you guys are going to love this, but it's John Paul Lefevre on the return, number eight. <laughs> Don't worry, guys, I That's got your back get. here, okay? That's what we get. We'll figure this out eventually, and as we'll figure out our signal here as well, we apologize for cutting in and out. Sounds like we're on it for the time being. 8-19 remaining, though, in the first quarter, and it's 16-0. Ubley leading Novell Catholic Central, and the Central, uh, the Panthers are back on the field for the first for the second time tonight, and they're still looking for that first down. Yeah, they, they kind of messed up the first drive. They went for the home run one too many times. They got a seven-yard gain on first down and then two incompletions. Uh, you know, after the first incompletion, you'd like to see them run the ball and trying to get a first down, but we'll see if they go back to the run game and then try a deep pass later. It's a handoff right to Zayden Mitchell. He has room to run. He has the first down across midfield and finally brought down at the ugly 46-yard line. Casey Sweeney out of the secondary brings him down. And it's first and ten for the Novell Panthers. These large athletic receivers of the Panthers are going to demand some respect. And Casey Sweeney's back there watching the eyes of the quarterback. But that time, uh, Zayden Mitchell, he flies through that defensive line, gets into the secondary. And if Casey Sweeney doesn't make that tackle, Zayden Mitchell scores. So a big run there by Saginaw Novell to kind of get themselves back in this game. And they'll take their first play now in, in Ubley territory. Two wide to the right, one to the left. And it's going to be a handoff right of the middle to Ashton Wright, and he goes absolutely nowhere, and they're going to say a loss of a yard in the play. Tackle made in the backfield by Isaac Warzinski. And second down and 11 for the Bearcats. When you have a quarterback of this caliber, I would like to see coaches give that quarterback the option to make decisions on the fly. And that time, they run the triple option, but it was clearly he was supposed to hand it off to the running back, and Ubley had it completely blown up for no gain on that play. Pass through the near sideline. This is in the hands of Samuel Buckingham. He's across the 40. Breaks to that free. That tackle across the 20, 25 and finally brought down at the 20-yard line by Casey Sweeney. 
And Novell strikes on a big pass to their lead receiver, Buckingham. And now uh, Novell's in the red zone. Now that was the, the pass play. About the only play that worked for the Pirates last week was that deep hook route. And Buckingham runs it as good as anybody. Catches it. Levi Peruski misses. Austin, Austin Peruski misses him in the open space. And he takes a play that should have went for eight yards and turns into a big gain. It's a pass to number 24, or excuse me, handoff to number 24, Reb the gut, and this goes absolutely nowhere. Zayden Mitchell is stopped by Carson Haleski for the Bearcats. Second down, and we'll call it nine. Shane Ozentoski in on the tackle as well as Mitchell gets up the middle. And so far, watching him run the ball, he is not interested in changing directions. There was some room to the right if he could change that direction quickly, but instead he lowers the shoulder pads and puts a hit on Haleski, and Haleski answers the call, only allows a short gain. 16-0, Bearcats lead, six minutes left in the first. And it's a pass out to the far sideline, and this one's in and out of the hands to his intended receiver. That would be Matthew Garcia. Cuiava's pass incomplete, and now third down and nine. Yeah, he led him just a little bit. It was a three-yard out route, and Cuiava throws it to the sideline, and the receiver is able to get a hand on it, kind of tip it back to himself. But in that time, 23, Isaac Warzinski absolutely lays the hammer on him, and that ball lands freely to the ground, incomplete, third and long for Saginaw Novell. Snap back to Cuiava, screen pass over to the right side into the flats. This one's caught it by Matthew Garcia. Tries to get to that first down marker, but he's short by about four, maybe even five yards. He's down to the 15-yard line. Tackle made by Isaac Warzinski for the Bearcats. Fourth down, and we'll call it four yards to go. All the Panther receivers went down the field trying to score. There was nobody there, so when Cuiava rolls out of the pocket, he has a safety valve, and that's 20. Number 20, which is Matthew Garcia. He basically went one step and just turned. There was such soft coverage on him that he could just dump it off to him, and then it was one-on-one. And uh, Isaac Warzynski did a good job of making that tackle, not allowing the first down, and now it's fourth down and four for Saginaw Novell. Yeah, they're going for it. Cuiava's in the shotgun, and we have a timeout called by Novell with five minutes and 50 seconds left here, still in the first quarter. You're listening to the WNW Sports Network. Novell going for it. Cuiava's in trouble. Through, throws down to the field into the end zone, and it's brought in. And touchdown Novell on the second effort from Cuiava. Breaks free from one tackle, and it's brought in by Samuel Buckingham, the wide receiver, and Novell's on the board with 542 left here in the first quarter. It's now 16-6 after a 14-yard completion from Cuiava to Buckingham. Well, the Bearcats have great coverage out there for a long time, and they thought they had a sack, but Cuiava, too strong for that arm tackle, was able to escape what was a sure sack, and by that time, you just can't cover these big receivers for that long for 7, 8, 9, 10 seconds, and Cuiava rolls to the right, and he finds, of all people, his favorite receiver, Samuel Buckingham at 6'5", finds his way into the corner of the end zone for a pretty easy throw and catch after all the madness is done, and Novell gets on the board, and they will line up for two. And going for two, two wide to the left, one to the right. Cuiava in the shotgun, and he has Ashton right to his left. Back to pass, empty set now, rolling throw to the near sack, far corner in the end zone, and that one's brought in with ease by the receiver for Novell. And we have a eight-point ball game, 16-8, to eight, uh, reception by John Paul Lefevre for the Novell Catholic Panthers. It's 16-8, Ubley still leading by eight points. And now it looks like we have a little bit of a... 
And they were going to replay this uh, two-point conversion, it appears. And they're going to walk off. A false start against Novell is the call. And so they take two points off the board, and they'll try this one again. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty late false yeah, start I, call. No, no when you, when you, they let them run the play, which is very strange. They normally blow that dead. They'll let them retry it again, but five yards back, so about the seven-and-a-half-yard line. We'll see if Saginaw Novell can complete another pass and get their two-point conversion. Ubley scores and Novell scores in just two minutes and about two and a half minutes, marching 63 yards or down the field. Guiava has Ashton right to his left once again. Three wide to the right, one to the left. Guiava back to pass to the far corner of the end zone, and this one's in and out of the hands of his receiver. Incomplete. Good coverage there by number 22 for Ubley, Kyle Sweeney, but we have another flag on the play and more than likely pass interference against the Bearcats. If it's not pass interference, it's going to be holding on the same defender. <laughs> yeah, they called holding instead of pass interference. Holding against the Bearcats. Holding against the so this is going to be marched five, uh, half the distance to the goal line from the eight-yard line. So we've gone from the three to the eight to the four. So from the four-yard line, we'll try them. Boy, if you need practice in your two-point conversion to offense, here you have it. Three wide to the right, one to the left. And Ashton Wright, no, excuse me, that's number 24. That would be Zayden Mitchell to his right as Kiwava. And he's in on for the score. That'd be number 24, Zayden Mitchell, in for this two-point conversion. And now it's 16-8, Ubley leading by eight points. Over at Novell Catholic Central with 542 still remaining here in the first quarter. A lot of scoring. We've had four possessions and three scores so far in here in Ubley, Michigan. Dave Hansen. We're going commercial-free here for the remainder of the first half as we cannot figure out exactly how far behind we are. So what are your thoughts? <laughs> well, i tell you what. My first thought, that was a wild two-point conversion series with penalties on both teams, which led to the way it all started with Saginaw Novell completing that two-point conversion, uh, which is only right. So the Bearcats lead 16-8. to And my first thought was, as, as poor as Saginaw Novell has been defensively on the season, I can't imagine the Bearcats want to be in a high-scoring, shootout-type game. Uh, they, they love having the football and wearing down defenses. And, yes, they will take a score on every drive if they can get one, but ball control and keeping Kajawa and company on the sideline has got to be priority number one. It's 542 remaining in the first quarter, and we've had three scores, 16-8. to 16-8, Ubley leading to Novell. Novell gets on the board for the first time tonight. Kicking things off for the Panthers would be number five, Luke Losa. From his own 40-yard line, the right side of your radio. It's a cold one out there tonight, but a hot one on the field. Losa's kick is going to be an onside kick, and Ubley jumps on it at the 49-yard line with ease. The ball went 11 yards, so it's, uh, that's a, a legal Onside kick brought in by number 20, Blake Badger with no problem at all. Jumped on it and fell to the ground immediately. And Ubley will have a short field, a 51-yard field to work with. Yeah, that's a, a total sellout there. They they showed that he was going to kick it as hard as possible and just hit the top of the football nicely, and it bounces, again, perfectly. They only want it to go 11 yards and bounce a few times, and there's one guy there that's got to make that play for the Bearcats, Blake Badger, and he does that with ease, does an excellent job of corralling that football, covering it up, and gives the Bearcats very good field position to start this drive at their own 49-yard line. A 51-yard field left or right across your radio. Three-man backfield, Casey Sweeney hands it off to Holeski. He goes marching forward for about five hard-fought yards. Tackle made by Samuel Buckingham, outside linebacker. 
Second down and five after Holeski's five yards and firsts. Just power football at its finest. Carson Holeski uh, is probably the smallest of the two backs, plays the true fullback position in that wing tee, and he's the guy that gets the straight dives right up the middle, and he has gotten into that linebacking core uh, of Saginaw Novell on almost every play. gets a, a pretty easy five there for the Bearcats on first down. Second and five from Novell territory at the 44. Three-men backfield working about two yards inside the left hash. And off to Shane Ozentowski. He hits the line of scrimmage and then goes maybe another yard. And a whole slew of white jerseys stop him there at the 45 for a gain of one. Third down and four. Tackle made leading the charge with Samuel Bartles, middle linebacker for Novell. Third down and four. Not the, uh, not the swiftest of handoffs. Casey Sweeney almost... At the last second, felt like he was going to keep that ball himself. So Shane Ozentoski is sideways getting the football, trying to square up his shoulders, and he's vulnerable at that point. The Panthers were able to hit him and knock him off balance and not allow him to get that good drive and physicality that he needs to push that defense back. So after a good gain on first down, they only get one on second down, third down and four for the Bearcats. Trying to convert on third down. This is their first of the night. And it's a handoff to Carson Leski up the middle. He has room to run. He has the first down. Breaks out of his second tackle. Stavings out of third tackle. And now down to the 25 and beyond the 20-yard line. And finally forced out of bounds near the 15-yard line. Pushed out of bounds by John Paul Lefevre. And Carson Haleski, they needed four yards. And they got a whole slew more. They're all the way down to the 16-yard line. Man, it's been a long time since I've played uh, Madden on a video game, but that's exactly what that looked like is it was just a straight dive to Carson Haleski. We've seen it. That's been the dominant play for the Bearcats in this first half. He absolutely runs into a guy, spins out of the first tackle, and then two steps later runs into Harrison Dwyer, 6'1", 165, absolutely bulldozes him, leaves him laying on the ground like a doormat, and continues down the field running over this Panther defense. A Holesky 30-yard run. It's another handoff to Holesky right up the middle. Spins his way down to the 10-yard line. This will be a gain of five in the play. Tackle made by number 20, Matthew Garcia, middle linebacker for Novell. And that's a almost, actually almost six yards in the play. Second down in, we'll call it four. Yeah, you, you look at our greater thumb teams, and there's not too many of the good ones that you will say are not physical. They are not looking to hit somebody. This Saginaw Novell team looks like a team to me that doesn't get hit very often. Uh, this team is not handling this punch right in the mouth that they're getting to start this game. And the Ugly Bearcats have had no problem hitting them right up the middle and pushing this team right down the field. Same formation. 3.06 remain in the first. It's 16-8, to eight and there's a uh, may have been a fumble in the backfield, but regardless, Casey Sweeney stopped in the backfield for about a three-yard loss back to the 13-yard line. They're, they are going to say that was a fumble, but Casey Sweeney jumped on it. So now third down and seven for the Bearcats at their own 13-yard line. 248 and counting here in the first quarter. 16-8, to eight, ugly leading. It's a good thing this game is going well for the Bearcats early because a mistake like that doesn't happen often. And for the way the Bearcats run their offense, that could be a killer. And the only thing worse than going to your coach and telling them what happened because you missed this assignment is telling your dad the same person <laughs> that I messed up. But Casey Sweeney... Uh, doesn't happen very often, but miscommunication drops the football, blame the cold weather, whatever it is. But that's a loss on the play and helps out Saginaw Novell. Hand off to Colin Oberski, breaks through his first two tackles, and now about, takes about five white jerseys to finally stop him down at the five-yard line. That's a gain of eight on the play. Tackle made by Ashton right out of the secondary, and Ubley has a new set of downs. First and goal to go from the four-and-a-half-yard line. 
But uh, the, the beauty of it is, is they can hand it to these physical backs running downhill. Saginaw Novell does not have an answer. They're hanging on for the ride instead of stopping their momentum. And like you said, Clark, it took four, five, maybe even the sixth defender to come in and take Colin Oberski off his feet. And a big run sets him up at first and goal just inside the five-yard line. Working three yards inside the right hash. T formation, Casey Sweeney under center. Same backfield, Oberski, Haleski, and Ozentowski. It's a handoff to Ozentowski, or excuse me, no, 47. That's Oberski. Gets down to the two-yard line before he's stopped. It's going to be a gain of three. Tackle made by Samuel Buckingham, outside linebacker for the Panthers. Second down, goal to go, this time from the two. Again, a nice run. It looked like it didn't go anywhere. He runs into a defender almost immediately. That time, the defender stops the momentum, pushes him back, and it felt like from our angle, no, no gain, but... That's the way the Ugly Bearcats work. The gains that look like they get nothing, they've already gotten those three yards so quickly you don't even realize what hits you. Second down and goal from the two-yard line for the Bearcats. 115 remaining in the first and rolling. Facing a second down and goal from the three. It's going to be a handoff right up to Holeski. He is close to the end zone. Touchdown, Ugly, for the third time tonight with 107 remaining. Still here in the first quarter, and the Bearcats are on the board for the third time. And it's now... 22-8, Ubley over Saginaw Novell with a two-point conversion still upcoming. Carson Haleski punches it in. They go right back to the play they've used probably 60-70% of the time tonight. That fullback dive, it's quick. You get into the defense. Get between those tackles is, is what your goal is. And when you get between them, you're into the linebacking core before you know it. Even before Casey Sweeney has done selling his last two fakes and he's into the goal end zone before Saginaw Valley even knows what hit him. Bearcats now 22 points in the first quarter and looking to tack on two more. Sweeney's under center from the three-yard line. And off to actually quarterback keeper on the left side. Sweeney's in trouble and he's going to be brought down to the five-yard line. Leading the way was number 24, Zayden Mitchell, cornerback for Novell. And so the score remains 22-8, to eight, but Ubley has scored on all three of their possessions tonight in what has been a high offensive night in this first quarter so far in the regional championship. No question about it. Uh, Not surprised that the Bearcats are efficient with their drives, but I think they'd have been happy with scoring three times and it'd be Uh, (laughs) halftime, especially if Saginaw Valley only had two possessions. Uh, That's what happened last week, and that was their goal this week. But you come out with score on the first play, and you score just in succession, getting big plays, chunk yardages that you're used to seeing from different types of offenses. This offense is rolling. This offensive line is blocking, chipping that defense quickly. And tonight it's totally different game plan. Last week it was a variety of running backs getting the football. Shane Ozentoski leading the way. And the third back was really Carson. Carson Leslie was really the third option. He kind of come out in the second half. Tonight, starting right out with their fullback, Carson Haleski, you've only seen a couple carries from your big running backs, which is Ozentoski. Uh, and Colin Oberski. You've seen it's been a Carson Haleski show in this first quarter. Hubbley's ready to kick things off already, leading by 14 points, 22-8. to eight. Four touchdowns and one punt is the story of the night so far here from Hubbley, Michigan, the regional championship. Bearcats leading by 14, 22-8, and still one minute and seven seconds left here in the first quarter. A long first quarter because of all the action. Casey Sweeney, mid-range kick comes into the 25-yard line by number 24. That would be Zayden Mitchell. And Mitchell finds a seam and gets across the 35. Finally brought down to the 37-yard line. Brought down by number 68. That'd be Austin Peruski for the Ubley Bearcats. First and 10 for Novell, trailing by 14. 
with 102 remaining in the first quarter. Now with how well the Bearcats are playing, every drive is important for Novell because it appears that their defense isn't going to make a stop today. So uh, still a lot of time left in this game, but if Saginaw Novell can continue to score and keep this a, a two-score game, uh, their only hope is, is to force a turnover or probably make a penalty, a hold of some kind that really kind of takes their rhythm and momentum away and force a punt. But uh, job number one, Saginaw Vell, going to have to find a way to score and continue to keep up with this high-powered ugly offense. Three to the right, one to the left, and it's a handoff to Zayden Mitchell coming around the left end, and he runs out of bounds at the 43-yard line, run, ran out of bounds by number 11. That would be Levi Peruski for ugly. That would be a gain of five on the play. Second down, five to go. That Bearcat defensive line, though, still creating havoc. Uh, Logan Holbert was in the backfield and actually had a shot at Zayden Mitchell. He's able to kind of stiff arm him enough to get away from him and race to the sideline and get six yards on first down. With the spot there at the 44, and that'd be a seven-yard gain. Another handoff to Mitchell right up the gut. He has the first down, breaks through that tackle into Ubley territory and finally brought down at the 44-yard line in Bearcat territory by number 60. That'd be Logan Holbert, defensive end for the Bearcats. First and 10 for Novell. And so with this spread offense, you're seeing predominantly two receivers to the right, one or two, in this case, two to the left, which leaves a quarterback running back in the backfield, four receivers at all times, and running the read option. And right now there's no reading of the defense. It's been a straight handoff to Zayden Mitchell in the last two plays, and he has got a first down with those two runs. Two wide each way, and they're passing to the far sideline, going deep, and he's brings it in yes he does at the 23 yard line that'd be number 13 harrison dwan on the catch and novell flips the field brought in by kyle or stopped by kyle sweeney and novell's knocking on the door here with 29 seconds left in the first yeah that dan banky behind me as soon as the ball was thrown he mentioned how wide open the receiver was and you're absolutely right kyle sweeney was beat on that play but the throw was lobbed into the air and didn't quite Gate kept the momentum. The receiver had to come back for the ball, which allowed Kyle Sweeney to get back into good coverage, but still a phenomenal catch down the sideline. And off to Zayden Mitchell right up the middle. Gets out there for about five hard-fought yards. Right up the guilt. Tickle made by number 68. That'd be Austin Peruski for the Bearcats. According to the spot, will be a four-yard gain, second down and six. And back to Zayden Mitchell there. He runs right up the middle, and that time no fancy shifting, just head down and power football gets four yards as now teams led to the sideline, and that will bring us to the end of the first quarter. <laughs> That's right, first quarter. It feels like halftime already, but we're going to stick with you here till halftime before we take our next commercial break. We thank you for listening to tonight's ball game, regardless of the signal issues. We are now on technically on our third system since we started this season to try and figure out how the heck we can broadcast out of Ubley here. 12 minutes into the ball game and his Bearcats leading by 14 points, 22 to 8. Absolutely right. It's been uh, it's been all Bearcats all evening long, and to think that it's only the first quarter ending is unbelievable, but uh, we've seen nothing but scoring drives and uh, just an impressive performance really from the Bearcats on both sides of the football. They've been absolutely outstanding. I think one missed snap fumble, which they turned around and scored on right away after that, didn't even matter. Uh, this team has been playing very good football and only allowed that one nice drive, which was a, a broken play, survive a sack, throw it in the end zone on fourth down, and get an open receiver for a touchdown. Otherwise, this, this ugly defense, pass defense and run defense, has been pretty good. Novell now facing his second down. And six. Friends side, the 20-yard line at the 18. 12 minutes remaining in this first half. They trail by 14 to the hometown Ubley Bearcats. Two wide each way. 
pass down to the end zone, and this one's overthrown to number 20, Matthew Garcia. Cuyava's pass just off the mark by less than a yard, and it falls incomplete. Third down and seven. 57, Ethan Peruski in coverage. And again, uh, these receivers are significantly bigger than a lot of the defensive backs that Ubley has. Ethan Peruski matches up pretty good, but the rest of them are undersized. That ball was thrown over the top of Peruski, who's right there in pretty good coverage. Ball just overthrown a little bit and behind the receiver, number 20, Garcia. If that would have been more to the middle of the field, I think he'd had a better shot at maybe getting a hand on it and maybe making a spectacular catch. But instead, it's overthrown behind the receiver and falls harmlessly to the ground for the Bearcats. Third down and seven. Two men in the backfield on either side of Cuiava. Two wide to the left, one to the right, working inside just the right side hash. And this is a screen pass into the flats, caught by Ashton Wright. He has the first down inside the 10, and he's into the end zone. Touchdown, Novell. From the 18-yard line, the pass to Ashton Wright, complete, and into the end zone for the second time. And Novell back within striking distance here, and it's now 22-14. to 14. Yeah, and it's two running backs in the backfield. They bring a fullback in. The fullback on the right is designed to bring extra protection. The running back, all he does is chip the defensive end to show that he's blocking and then just leaks out into the backfield. He's kind of the check down receiver on that play in case the quarterback gets in trouble. But Kuava does a nice job not waiting for that to be his option. He gets it to him right away, and he gets enough speed. He makes two Bearcat defenders miss down the sideline and finds his way into the end zone. Great play by the running back to force those breaking broken tackles and get, get Saginaw Novell back in this game. And pass right on the slant right into the hands of number 24. Zayden Mitchell is good. And now we have a six-point ball game, 22-16, to 16, between the Ubley Bearcats and Saginaw Novell Panthers. And another touchdown. That's the fifth touchdown of the night on six possessions between the two squads. We saw a, lot of, saw a lot of defense last week. We've seen a lot of offense this week. Yeah, unbelievable. But this is the type of offense you expect from Saginaw Novell is run it a few times, try to push it down the field. The Bearcats did a nice job keeping the down-the-field passes at bay. But uh, the safety valves, the dump-off routes, the checkdowns is where – uh, Cuiava is doing a nice job of being patient and settling for those plays. And on that one, Ashton Wright is able to make a couple guys miss and get into the end zone for Saginaw Novell. 22-16, Ubley leading the, Bear, the Novell Panthers. And now Losa will be kicking things off from his own 40-yard line, Casey Sweeney deep, as well as Carson Haleski at the 20-yard line. Novell did go for an onside kick their last time. We'll see if they do the same. They're overloading the far side of the radio. 11.47 before the half, and we have had 38 points between the two squads. There's the whistle, and Los is ready to kick things off for Novell, now trailing just by six points. Bearcats still leading 22-16. Squib kick across the 40, and jumped on by Ubley at the 38-yard line with no problem at all and no defenders around him. That'd be number 23, Isaac Morzinski, on the return for Ubley. 11.47 remains in the second quarter, leading by six points, 22-16. The Bearcats are back on offense. Every time they've touched the ball tonight, three possessions, they've scored three times. They've been very efficient, and they've done it totally different than what you've seen in big games. You've seen them grind it out, take eight minutes, nine minutes to score. That has been that has not been the case. It's been the total opposite. They've scored a lot, but it's come with some big runs, eight-yard runs. You've seen them throw a play-action pass that threw them right down to the goal line. They've mixed it up pretty well, but for the most part, it's been on the back of Carson Haleski. 
In the T formation from the 38-yard line, and Carson Hlesky has room to run. He's cross field and finally brought down in open space. On the open space tackle by Harrison Dwan at the 46-yard line. That's a good enough for a 16-yard recant- uh, run for Hlesky. And now pushes Ubley into Novell territory. Uh, Harrison Dewan has seen enough of this Ubley backfield already. Hands on his hips trying to figure out why he, uh, playing defensive back, is making so many tackles. But again, that fullback dive, once he gets past that defensive line, it's been pick your poison for the running backs. And that time Carson Haleski, instead of going forward, finds a lot of open space to his near sideline and turns it upfield and gets a big gain on first down. Another handoff to Haleski right up the middle. He has the first down, spins out another tackle. It's down inside the 20 and breaks out of that tackle and finally brought down at the 18. And there's three white jerseys and white jerseys all over this field as a result of Carson Haleski. Uh, Harrison Dewan was uh, was victimized again on that play. Carson, again, we mentioned earlier, Bill Sweeney will run the same play until you stop it. And Carson Haleski, it, it's not a different ways to get Carson Haleski the ball. It is the same darn play, guys. It is a fullback dive right up the middle. He spins out of the linebacker's tackle and gets up into the secondary where Harrison Dwyer's, or Dwan's waiting for him. And it's awesome watching these guys run. They're comfortable running the ball with one arm and simply pushing Dewan off of them, and it took two other Novell Panthers to come in and make that tackle. Another huge run for the Bearcats. Sweet. Hands three, it off to Lusky right in the middle, and he's in for the score. Touchdown, Ubley. 10.45 remaining in the first half, and Carson Lusky finds the end zone once again, and now Ubley leads 28-16 to with 10.45 still remaining in this first half. The exact... Same play, three carries in a row. Carson Haleski, fullback dive, fullback dive, fullback dive in the end zone. The whole drive was himself, and unbelievable run for Carson Haleski as he's well over 150 yards already, and we're just barely starting the second quarter. Three men backfield for the Bearcats. Going for two, trying to make this a 30-16 ball game. It's a handoff to Haleski right up the gut. And no word yet from the officials as they come in from the sidelines and they're going to mark him down. No good. Tackle made by number 71, Kieran Schultz for Novell. And with 10.45 remaining, it's now 28-16, a 12-point lead once again for the Ebley Bearcats. Impressive drive, but very simple. Three handoffs, Carson Haleski right up the middle, fullback dive. Saginaw Novell is no answer, and it's... They don't have a clue what just hit them other than the the backside of number 30 watching them run down the field. Impressive drive by the Bearcats. Uh, They have found a weakness, and if there's any coach out there that when he finds a weakness will exploit it, it's Coach Sweeney, and he has done that successfully tonight. 28 early points in this first half. Impressive showing here from the Bearcats so far. 28 points in just 13 minutes and 15 seconds into the ballgame. Casey Sweeney leads his special teams unit back onto the field for yet another kickoff. This is the fourth kickoff for Casey Sweeney so far. 208 total yards for the Bearcats tonight. 175 yards rushing, leading the way. Carson Lenski with 158 and three scores. Bearcats lining up to kick it off here. Still in the huddle, though. Saginaw Devell ready to go. It makes you wonder if those two-point conversion fails the last two touchdowns will hurt Ubley Bearcats later on in this game. Obviously, if they keep scoring, Novell's yeah. not going to catch them. But Novell's two for two on their two-point conversions. Ubley two for four 
uh, if Novell were ever to get back in those games, those two pointers could come back to haunt him. Casey Sweeney kicks things off, and it's a mid-range kick once again. Comes in at the 24-yard line by number three, number eight. Number eight, that's John Paul Lefevre. Can't get a hold of those jerseys. And brought down by number 68, Austin Peruski at the 39-yard line. First and 10 for Novell, left to right across your radio. Yeah, I thought with all those Catholics out there, you'd be right on the number tonight, Clark. <laughs> Not so much. Nothing's quite going to game plan here so far. 10-40 remains in the first half, and it's a 12-point lead for the Bearcats. Novell back on offense. Um, Novell put a nice drive together last series. A, a great combination of run and pass. Uh, Jack Kajawa, he's 5-for-5 five five passing on the game. He's got two touchdowns and 87 yards. I, you know, I could use a fantasy quarterback this week. He might be the guy I'm looking to add if nobody has him. But uh, it's really been Zayden Mitchell that's been kind of the unsung hero so far in this game. He's run the ball very well, and I'm surprised they haven't fed it to him more. But they've really worked off of him and then thrown the ball successfully down the field. Quarterback keeper now is passed out to the, the flats on the far sideline and Ubley makes him pay for it and brings him down in the backfield. And it can be about a loss of two, maybe three as I drop my clipboard here. Num- number uh, 57, Ethan Bruski on the stop for the Bearcats. Second down and 12. That's a very unique way of run-pass option executed. It's, it's a read option and Kiawa keeps it himself, rolls to his left and remember he throws it right-handed and there's a receiver out there and a good job discipline Ethan Peruski to, to not fall for Kiawa running towards him. He stays on his receiver, and Kiawa throws it over there. Peruski's in great position to make an open field tackle, and they drive Novell back for a loss. Empty back set for Kiawa, and it's an overthrow to the far sideline to number 24, Zayden Mitchell. And now Novell facing a third down in 12 from their own 36-37 yard line. 9.56 left in the first half. I... Zayden uh, Mitchell is the intended receiver, and he's a running back out of the backfield. And he just runs a wheel route behind his wide receivers. And I'll be twi- quite honest with you, he is wide open, but he settles down and wants to show his jersey to his quarterback. His quarterback thinks he's going to continue his route, and that ball's overthrown safely into the sideline. Pass downfield to wide, wide open. open. Zayden Mitchell in ugly territory at the 35, and he has no one around him. And Novell scores on a huge pass from Cuiava to Zayden Mitchell. For 63 yards in for the score with 9.45 remaining in the first half. And now we're back down to a one-possession ball game, 28-22. to 22. Yeah, I don't even know who was in coverage there because Zayden Mitchell was so wide open. He was 30 yards down the field behind the defense, uh, which is shocking because normally Casey Sweeney plays that deep safety and doesn't allow anybody to get behind him. But he obviously tried jumping a route in front of him, and whoever was in charge of guarding Zayden Mitchell was nowhere near him, and he hits an easy throw and catch as Kiawa has his third touchdown pass in the first half. Going for the pass on two-point conversion to the far corner, and this one is no good. And so it remains a six-point ball game, 28-22. to 22. Bearcats still leading. They have not trailed in this ball game at all. And Novell marches down the field in just one minute and covers 61 yards for the score. And we still have over nine minutes to play in this first half. No question about it. Uh, but, yeah, just unbelievable how wide open Zayden Mitchell got. And you could almost feel that the big play was coming, but the – Ubley has done such a good job on the pass defense. They've kept everything in front of them, not allowed anybody behind them until that play. They were allowing the running back to catch the dump-offs. They were allowing the hook routes. They weren't allowing those streaks down the field, and that time Zayden Mitchell got free, busted coverage, and an easy throw for Kiawa all the way down the field. Say it again because I know I said it wrong. Kuiava. Kuiava. Yeah. 
I'm going to start you know, the most entertaining part for this broadcast for me, since we're on and off the right. whole night, is seeing how many times you can pronounce Cuyama different ways. I, th- I think I've done it I've done three or four <laughs> at so least, far. At least four. And what's more impressive is the, the line of the, 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 the heaters on the sideline for, for the Elby Bearcats. We had a little one go up and smoke there a little bit, so we'll swap it over to the, the smaller one. Losa back to kick for Novell as they trail by six points. D-back, Haleski, and Sweeney at their own 20. Bounces at the 40-yard line, and it's going to be... Novell has to jump on it. It's still loose. It looks like Obli may have recovered at the 30-yard line. As that was a hot potato on the far sideline. Tackled or, uh, brought in by number 57, Ethan Peruski for the Bearcats, and avoided disaster there for the Orange and Black, and remains on offense with 9.45 remaining. Oh, boy, that was uh, almost a cr- big crisis and a uh, first major mistake that Ubley's made in, in quite a few weeks. That ball bounces down the sideline waiting for somebody to recover it, and if finally Ethan Peruski is able to cover it up and secure the football for the Bearcats. First and 10, right to left across your radio for the Bearcats, leading by six points with a 70-yard field in front of them. 28-22, Bearcats leading at home in the regional championship. Three-man backfield, Casey Sweeney, hands off to Shane Ostentoski. He has room to run and is up-ended after a nine-yard return, nine-yard gain by number 13, Harrison Dwan took him on. He's six foot one, as is Shane Ostentoski. And excuse me, Shane Ozentoski, six foot four. It's going to be an eight-yard gain, second out and two. Yeah, Shane Ozentoski almost goes over top of Dewan. Dewan goes that low and is able to upend him. But a nice run on first down for the Bearcats as they get nine to start this series. Block rolling, just over nine minutes remaining in the first half. 28-22, Ubley leading. Casey Sweeney under center. It's the handoff going to be to number 44. Shane Ostentoski looks like he has the first down by about a half of a yard. Tackle made by John Paul Lefevre for Novell. Move the chains for the Bearcats this time at the 41-yard line in their own territory. That's where Shane Ostentoski is a specialist. He is very good in short yardage situations. He's already got a one-yard touchdown today. He had four of them last week. And uh, that time on second down and one, he gets them enough, about two yards on that one, and a, first, a fresh set of downs for the Bearcats. First and 10 from their own 41. Clock rolling, 8.45 left in the second quarter here, leading by six points, 28-22. Sweeney hands off to his third option. That's Oberski. He's trying to fund lunge forward. He gets out for about a yard before forward progress is stopped by Samuel Buckingham for Novell. Gain of a yard, second down nine from the 42-yard line. Nothing going there for Colin Oberski. He tries to bounce it to the outside that time, the defensive line of Novell took away the gap that he wanted to hit, forced him to go off tackle around the edge, and that's where Samuel Buckingham is waiting, the 6'5", 180 linebacker, and upends Colin Oberski right at the line of scrimmage. Second down, 8. 8.09 left here in the first half. Probably taking their time, leading by six points. This is their fifth drive of the evening with four touchdowns already. Working off the right hash of the 42, right to left cross your radio. Three-man backfield, Obersky, Haleski, and Ostentoski. It's a handoff to Haleski right up the middle. And Novell's now starting to stop him here a little bit as no gain on that play. Tackle made by number 77, Darren Chinnery, defensive end, 6'2", 245-pound junior for the Panthers. Third down and nine. 
That defensive line uh, is actually there, Clark. They did a great job that time stuffing that Carson Holesky dive that's been working so well this first half. And for the first time really this, this evening, the Bearcats now third down and long with seven and a half to go in the first half. So a big play for them in their own side of, in their own side of the field. Probably going to need five or six for Coach Winnie to feel comfortable going for it on fourth down. Third down and nine from the 42. Sweeney back to pass in the pocket. Wide open down in his number 47. Obrisky has the first down. Down at the 38-yard line in Novell territory. Brought down by Harrison Dwan. And just like that, they convert on third down and move the chains. It always uh, amazes me that when these guys play both ways, like for Saginaw Novell, they all play wide receiver. They all understand what you do as a wide receiver. So when you're defending an opponent's pass play, they have three white jerseys covering number 22, Kyle Sweeney streaking down the field, and absolutely nobody covers the only other option on the field, which is Colin Obersky leaking out of the backfield. An easy throw and catch, but done to perfection by Casey Sweeney in that offense for a big first down now in the well into Novell territory down the 38-yard line. First and 10 for the Bearcats at the Novell 38-yard line, working off the left hash. Casey Sweeney, quarterback keeper around the left end, and Novell brings him down for a three-yard loss in the backfield on the near sideline. Zayden Mitchell read that one out of the secondary and brought him down for a two-yard loss of the 40. Just doesn't maintain that block long enough. Colin Obersky picks up the defender, but he doesn't quite take him out of the play. He just kind of chips him a little bit, and that defender is Zayden Mitchell. You heard him on the offensive side running the football. He does a good job on that end of not allowing himself to be blocked out of the play. He keeps his shoulders horizontal and gets into the backfield and avoids that Casey Sweeney stiff arm and takes him to the ground for a rare loss on first down. Second down, 12 from the 30 or 41-yard line in Novell Territory. Handoff to Haleski. He has room to run, plows over his defender. And is finally brought down to the 27-yard line by number 13, Harrison Dwan, out of the secondary. And that looks like it's about enough to move the chains by about a yard. That's a 13-yard gain for Haleski. Very, very impressive. Uh, here we go again. Right back to Carson Haleski, the guy that has gotten it going this first half. He finds a way through that defense again, a quick dive. And there's one guy left. And, boy, Harrison Dwan's going to be sore tomorrow. Carson Haleski has no interest in going around him, goes right through him and over top of him and gets a couple extra yards, but a big first down after a loss on first down. First and 10 from inside the 30-yard line. Handoff to Leske gets across the 25, down to the 24-yard line. Tackle made by number 21, Samuel Bartles. Brings up a second down. We'll call it seven yards to go. Fullback dive again, the same play that just worked for him again. Coach Sweeney says we'll run it again, and Carson Leske battles ahead for a few more yards, three, maybe even four, depending on that spot. But... Just a battle in the trenches being won by the undersized but very physical Ubley Bearcat offensive line. Second down, seven after a three-yard gain. Sweeney under center is going to be handed off to Shane Ozentowski. He's fighting for anything. Breaks out of a tackle and gets across the 20-yard line. Finally brought down by the 18-yard line by number three, Ashton Wright. Uh, just like he did last week, Ozentowski breaks free of his first tackle and makes him pay in the backfield. Darren Chinnery, 77 of Novell, had him in the backfield. And Shane Ozentowski, he's just a load to carry. And he breaks free eventually from that tackle and gets out towards that first down marker. It looks like they're going to spot him just a little short. 4.15 remaining in the second quarter. It's Ubley 28-22, leading Novell by six points, but trying to knock on the door here for the fifth time tonight. 
Sweeney with a three-man backfield, a yard inside the left hash. We'll hand off to Oberski. He has room to run. He's converts on the third down. Has a new set of downs all the way down to the 11-yard line. Tackle made by Samuel Buckingham, outside linebacker for Novell. Move the chains once again for the Bearcats. First and 10 from the 12-yard line. Yeah, Count Oberski, he takes the left spot in that wing tee, and he runs right off tackle, and he eventually gets around the end. And last time when he did that, Sam Buckingham, number six, was there waiting for him. That time, Buckingham not ready for that play as Count Oberski gets inside of him and drags him down the field and gets another first down for the Bearcats. This is more of a drive that we're used to for the Bearcats. 3.37 left here in the first half. First and 10 from the 12-yard line. Sweeney snap back as a handoff to Oberski. He has room to run going to that far corner of the end zone. He's in touchdown, Ubley. Oberski this time into the end zone from 12 yards out. And it's another Bearcat touchdown. This time it's 34-22. Ubley leading by 12, trying to make this a 14-point lead with a two-point conversion. Shane Ozentoski deserves a ton of credit on this play. He picks up Ashton Wright, who's the defensive back on that side of the field, absolutely sets the edge for Colin Oberski, and he doesn't miss it, and it's a race to the sideline or to the pylon, and Colin Oberski wins it and gives the Bearcats another six, and he gets in on the scoring spree. Going for two once again. Back to pass. Sweeney throws it out, and it's in and out of the hands of number 22, Kyle Sweeney. Good coverage there from Novell. And so the two-point conversion fails. It's back to out to a 12-point lead for the Ubley Bearcats. 34-22, three minutes and 26 seconds before the half is over. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. scores once again from 12 yards out with 326 remaining in this first half. It's now 34-22. Two-point conversion was no good for the Bearcats. As we've been in an offensive juggernaut so far through the first 21 minutes of this ballgame. Yeah, very very much unlike the juggernaut we saw in Cass City earlier this afternoon, a 6 nothing ball game. This game's making up for all the scoring. Uh, and speaking of uh, Cass City, congratulations on their first regional championship. Brought in by number eight, that'd be John Paul Lefevre for Novell. Gets all the way out across the 35, brought down by the 37-yard line. Tackle made by number 23. That would be Isaac Warzinski for the Bearcats. First and 10 for Novell, trailing by 12 points. Three minutes and 22 seconds before the half is over. Good special teams coverage there by the Bearcats. They really haven't allowed Saginaw Novell to have any good starting field position in this game. They're going to start this one at their own 37-yard line. Three minutes, 22 seconds left to go in the half. I believe Novell only has one timeout left. But this offense, as you've seen, can get chunk plays whenever they need them to, and uh, they will spread it out and try to throw it down the field again. We'll see if the Bearcats have an answer this time. First and 10 from the 37-yard line. Left, right across the radio. Cuiava gets the snap back, and it's a handoff to Zayden Mitchell, and he pushes the pile forward across the 40 all the way down to the 43-yard line. That's a gain of five, maybe even six in the play. Tackle made by Ubley's uh, front line there for the Bearcats. Second down, four to go after a six-yard gain. 
The Bear Tacks doing what they usually do. They get multiple defenders around the football. That was just a, a handoff to Zayden Mitchell from the shotgun. No read option. Designed handoff, and the, the ugly front four smothered that out after about a five-yard gain. Kuala out to pass and is complete across midfield into the hands of Samuel Buckingham, their leading receiver. First and ten coming up here for the for the Panthers inside Ubley territory at the 44-yard line. Stops the clock momentarily with 2.45 left here in the first half. First and ten inside Ubley. Austin Peruski was close there. He had the underside coverage there. He kind of cheated that way and had a chance to swat that ball down, but a perfect pass by Cuiava over the head into Buckingham for a first down. Handoff once again to Zayden Mitchell, and Ubley makes him pay there. A hard-fought two hard yards there for the Panthers. Zayden Mitchell tackle late leading the way be Ethan Smalley, defensive end, six foot two, 210-pound senior for the Bearcats. Second down and eight from the 42-yard line of Ubley territory. Back to the first down play we had before Zayden Mitchell, a designed run right into the heart of that defense, setting up what would possibly be an outside swing pass or something down the field. That's what Cuiava's looking to do. Two minutes to go in the first half. Two wide each way, snap back for Cuiava, looks around right down the middle of the field, and this one's going to be in the hands of Casey Sweeney at the 16-yard line, intercepted. Here comes Sweeney and the Bearcats at the 30-yard line to the 40, nearly to midfield. Now he cuts out to the far sideline, and he gets tripped up at the 46-yard line of Novell territory, and the Bearcats swing momentum back to their side and come up with a stop against Novell. Tackle made by number six, Samuel Buckingham for Novell. And the Bearcats have a shortened field to work with, with 144 remaining in the half. Going to try and tack on another score here, leading by 12, 34-22. That time, Casey Sweeney in deep, in deep coverage does not allow anybody to get behind him. And both the outside receivers for Saginaw and Novell find themselves meeting at the middle of the field. So all the defenders cross, the receivers cross, and there's contact made down the field. But that ball is overthrown. No one in the area other than number two, Casey Sweeney, and he hauls it in and then turns it into instant offense, getting it all the way back into Panther territory. And off right at the middle to Carson Holeski. He gets out for two, maybe three yards across the 45, down to about the 44-yard line. Tackle made by Kieran Schultz on the defensive end for Novell. Second down, seven upcoming for the Bearcats, leading 34-22, less than 90 seconds left in this first half. I know the Bearcats are feeling really good about their first half, up by two scores, but a minute and a half to go in the half. They have already have the ball in Novell territory. Interesting to see how quickly that Coach Sweeney moves the football down the field here. Back to pass, Casey Sweeney into the hands, and he fumbles it, but he finally brings it in. That's Colin Oberski, and he's finally brought down beyond the 30-yard line. Tackle made by number 24, Zayden Mitchell, but it's enough to move the chains for the Bearcats once again. Casey Sweeney sprinkling in the pass just enough to make him keep him off balance. 104 stops the clock momentarily, leading by 12. Now Casey Sweeney doesn't take long to recognize his open receiver. There's not a lot of pass plays that come out of the wing tee, but that's one of them. And Colin Oberski leaks out to the left side, wide open again, juggles it a little, but hauls it in and does enough to get to the sideline to stop the clock. Huge for the Bearcats. One minute remains to hand off to Kalinowski. Has green space in front of him. Blocks out there that tackle and finally brought down at the 15-yard line. Harrison Dwan took him on and you know Brisky dragged him for a few yards extra. Regardless, though, another first down stops the clock momentarily with 58 seconds left. First and ten from the 15. 
can tell, just a sophomore. Keeps two hands on the football. Does Isn't interested in stiff-arming, spinning. There's nothing fancy about it. Kyle Nobersky puts his shoulder pad into the, into the defensive back, runs him over, and gets a big first down for the Bearcats. And off to Obersky once again, gets down close to that goal line and gets finally brought down by the about the two-yard line. Another first down for Obersky, and it's going to be first and goal from the two, maybe the three-yard line for the Bearcats with 42 seconds left in the half. Right back to Obersky, makes that great catch, then rewards him with a handoff around the right side, and he gets another handoff, same exact play, and he gets right down to the end zone line, down at about the two Ubley has a chance here to score. The st- clock stops momentarily to move the chains, but now it's running again under 30 seconds. Less than 30, and now we have a timeout called by Ubley. This would be just their s- no, a timeout called timeout. by Novell. This would be their second of the half with 29 seconds left. They want to discuss things here. They're trying to keep Ubley out of the end zone. It's something they have not been able to do all night tonight. Ubley has scored on every single drive this evening on offense. This one can brought on by an interception by Casey Sweeney. And a short field to work with. Now they're knocking on the door at the three-yard line. Now this timeout, in my opinion, comes a little too late to back-to-back plays of big gains, a 15-yard pass followed by a 13-yard run and a 12-yard run. So with 30 seconds to go, and Ubley has a couple timeouts in their pocket, calling a timeout now, asking your defense to stop Ubley on three straight plays inside the two, to me seems like an impossible task. Uh, This may be more of a tactic to keep a little time on the clock and get his offense a chance to sling it down the field. Uh, Cuiava has a heck of an arm. He can certainly make things happen quickly, but... If you're the Bearcats, who cares about that? Punch it in here and put a 40 spot up in the first half. <laughs> yeah, the Bearcats trying to make this a 40 or 42 to 22 game and a half. They are at the three-yard line of Novell with 29 seconds remaining in the second quarter. This is the sixth possession for Ubley tonight, and they're trying to go for their sixth touchdown of the evening. Leading 34-22. Casey Sweeney is under center at the three-yard line. That make check that, make that the two-yard line. Three men backfield. So a handoff right to the middle to Haleski, and he's down close to that goal line. No word yet from the officials. And they're saying touchdown. Touchdown Ubley with 22 seconds left in the first half. And Haleski finds the end zone once again. A big night. That's his fourth touchdown this evening. And now the Bearcats have a 40 spot on the board and trying to make the two more. Carson Haleski having a, a career day. He's over 179 yards on the ground, four touchdowns, and he just pushes the pile ahead, uses that physicality, that low center of gravity, and pushes it into the end zone. It was close, but I certainly thought he made it from here. Good call by the officials, and I'll be a lineup for two. Just 22 seconds before the half. Of course, this drive set up by an interception by Casey Sweeney, and they make him pay. Now they're going for two, and now we have whistles, and it looks like... We have a penalty marker down on the two-point conversion. Offside. It was an offsides call against the Bearcats. Would that be an illegal, illegal formation? Illegal formation or something of that sort. Pushes them back five yards, back to the eight-yard line. Still, though, it's an 18-point lead for the Bearcats, 40-22. to And we're still here in the first half. At this rate, Bearcats might be giving everyone a free taco if they hit 80 points tonight. Coming out of the huddle after a five-yard penalty. Sweeney under center once again. Left to right near backfield would be Obersky, Haleski, and Ozentowski. And back to pass. Sweeney throws to the corner of the end zone wide open into the hands. Does he bring it in? They say no. Well, they're still discussing this one, and they're going to say incomplete pass. 
Two-point conversion is no good, but regardless, though, the Bearcats lead by 18 points just before the half with 22 seconds left in the second quarter. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network, 40-22, Ubley leads. Yeah, I'm going to take my horse to the old town road. I'm going to ride till I can't no more. Ubley strikes once again just before the half is over. Now they lead by 18 points, 40-22. to 22. This game was between a two and one possession ball game majority of this first half, but now the Bearcats really blowing things open. Well, they've had six possessions. They've scored on all six of them. They've had absolutely no answer for the Bearcats in this game. They've just pushed the ball down the field, even thrown it a few times. Casey's three for three passing for 62 yards and a touchdown. He's got three great plays on, you know, three great plays through the air. They've done what they wanted to this Panther defense all game long. Leading by 18 in Casey Sweeney. Kicks this one all the way down to the 20-yard line. Brought in by number 8, John Paul Rever. Reverse the other way to Buckingham. Ubley doesn't bite, and they push him out of bounds at the 32-yard line. That'd be number 11, Levi Peruski for the Bearcats. They're going to actually say he ran out of bounds at the 35-yard line. So with 16 seconds left in this first half, Novell will have a couple shots down the field, trailing by 18. And don't forget, if they get a first down, the, the clock stops to move the chains. So if you're no if you're Novell, that is you that means with 16 seconds left, you can use the middle of the field. You still got a timeout in your pocket, but if you're Ubley, you cannot let them get behind you. Casey Sweeney is going to play a very important role here. He is going to watch the quarterback and read the play and create a double team, whatever way that football is thrown, and it'll be his job to make sure that there's no completion on the play. First and 10 from the 35-yard line. Clock still at 16 seconds. We'll begin on the snap. 40-22. to 22. There's snap back and pass downfield. Quiava has him inside ugly territory, and he's caught inside the 30-yard line, and that would be number 6, Samuel Buckingham, brought down by number 11, Levi Bruski. We have an injured Novell player with 10 seconds left. That would be number 6, their leading receiver, Samuel Buckingham. Regardless, though, he... First down for the Panthers at the 26-yard line of Ubley. An injury on the field. The six-foot-five, 180-pound senior for Novell. Wow, too easy for for Saginaw Novell. They put three receivers on one side, and then Buckingham on the left side, one on one. So of course it's going to force Casey Sweeney to lean that way, help out where all them receivers are. They use that against him, throw it down the field, and number eleven Levi Peruski in one on one coverage. But when Buckingham stands at six five and he goes up to get that ball, there's there's no chance for him to make a tip or deflection on the play. Makes the tackle in the middle of the field. The clock stops at ten seconds, but Buckingham uh, is still down on the field after making that catch. Still working on him out there. Looks like a it looks like a right knee injury for Buckingham. He's now sitting up, still on the field. Mm-hmm. Appears to be in a lot of pain. And he's being helped off by his teammates. And so we will resume action here with ten seconds remaining. And we have a timeout called by Novell. That's their third and final timeout of this first half. As they trail by 18 points to the Ubley Bearcats, the Bearcats trying to hang on here and retain the three-possession lead to entering halftime. The ball is at the 30, excuse me, the 27-yard line. 
Yeah, but Buckingham did a nice job catching that ball, but losing him is like the, the Patriots losing Rob Gronkowski. He is the difference maker. He is the mismatch that you like to take advantage of. So for the Bearcats, you gave up a big one, but their one-on-one -on -one specialist is not in the game at this point. This is your chance for your defense to get off the field. I think Novell's got enough time for two throws into the end zone if they want to. Three wide to the right, one to the left. Buyava calling the shots. Has the rain back to his left. Now looks to the sideline. Probably showing blitz. Bend down to pass. Quiava scrambles to his left and lets this one fly to the right out of bounds with four seconds left. And this was out of bounds at the 10. Incomplete. Stops the clock with four seconds left. And Novell will have one last shot. There's been 13 passes attempted in the game by both teams. That's the first incompletion by either quarterback tonight. Cuiava was 9 of 9 before that one, and Casey Sweeney's 3 of 3 on the night. But Cuiava didn't like anything he saw down the field. He rolled out of the pocket and just threw it to the sideline, got rid of it, lived to see another down. But with four seconds to go, this will be the last play of the half, barring a penalty. So expect Cuiava to heave it into the end zone and see if the Bearcats can knock it down. Obli sending their secondary deep back, and no one thinking behind them, and it's caught at the... 13-yard line by number 13, Harrison Dwan. But that is how the half will end as the clocks show zero. And it's an 18-point lead for the hometown Ubley Bearcats, 40-22 over Sang Novell after 24 minutes of play. You're listening to the W and W Sports Network.